Well, what's up, people? I'm happy that you are here watching, whether you're watching on Facebook, whether you're watching on the Second Chance website, or whether you're with us at LifeSpring in Tennessee. Super glad to have you at Second Chance Church, and super excited, and I hope everybody in the room is super excited that we actually open next Sunday. We open the doors. Are you guys excited? Yeah. I just do that basically to prove that um, we really do have people in the room. Are we good at it on the broadcast? Are we All right, super. So anyway, what I wanted to do today is kind of end this series called Any Given Sunday and talk about a heart for this house. Now, one of the things that all of us have is a heart for certain people, places, or things. Um, I'll, I'll give you a few of mine right now. Like, I have a heart, one of my favorite, in fact, no, 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 take that back. My favorite place in the world, if you said you can go anywhere in the world on vacation or whatever, I'll send you there, hands down, it's Israel. Uh, people are like, oh, my gosh, is it safe? Well, is Atlanta safe, right? So, I mean, of course, I mean, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And I just feel like if you go in Israel, you get a cut in the line to heaven. You go straight to the front. Anyway, so the reason I love Israel so much is because it's so beautiful. Um, let's see. There we go. This is a sunrise on the Sea of Galilee. I took this with an iPhone. And, and just, just to think that Jesus walked on that water and just to sit there and read your Bible with a cup of coffee and watch the sunrise, it's like who's ready to go right now? Anybody ready to go? Okay, a few people, a few people, okay, great. This right here is the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus prayed, you know, not my will, but your will be done. And these are like olive trees, and it's just it's a powerful, powerful place to be. It's one of my favorite places to go when we go to Israel. I love going to the Garden of Gethsemane. This is a picture of Jerusalem from the top of the Mount of Olives, where Jesus like ascended into heaven. And um, I might have tried to do that a couple times, but it didn't work. You can ride a camel on the top of Mount of Olives named Kojak. Um, Kojak's owner died recently, but his son carried on the family business. So anyway, Israel is one of my favorite places to go. I have a heart for Israel. I also have a heart for the Waffle House. A little bit different than Israel, and there's not many Waffle Houses in Israel. I think the whole bacon thing throws them off. But um, I love Waffle House because this is where my daughter loves to go and eat. Karis, she's 11 years old. We've been going there since she was two. She gets the same thing every time we go. I get the same thing. When we walk in, people know us. They start cooking our food. And, 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 and interesting drama takes place at the Waffle House all the time, all the time. So love the Waffle House. Have a heart for the Waffle House. Um, I don't know if I have a heart for this place or not, but I would really like to find out. This is a bungalow in St. Lucia. Um, anybody like to find out if you got a heart for this place or not? Yeah, I, I've never been here, but I have no idea. I, I would love to find out, though, if I, have a, if I have a heart for that place. But the one place I know that I do have a heart for is Second Chance Church. And next week, super excited that we literally get to open the doors to services, 915, 1115. People are asking, are we going to live stream the services? No. I'm just kidding, we are. We're going to live stream the services every week at 9.15 and 11.15. It'll be super cool. But maybe, maybe the question is, well, how can you have a heart for the house when we actually haven't had a live service yet? Well, it's very simple. It's because of the vision that I have. That I feel like the vision 
that God has placed in me for this house. I believe this is going to be a special place. Um, and I actually had to trim this list down. But today I want to share with you five reasons that I personally have a heart for this house. And I'm praying that all of us together will have a heart for this house. Number one, because this will be a messy place for messy people. This will be a messy place for messy people. Now, all of us know messy places, and all of us know messy people. Messy places, I was thinking about it this week when I was driving down the road. I drove by a restaurant that I will not tell you the name because probably like somebody's uncle that owns it is watching right now, and they'll get offended, and you know, and now's the day you can't offend anybody. It was just a restaurant in Anderson that I know I haven't eaten there in 25 years. Now, I'm sure it's a great restaurant. I'm sure the people love Jesus. I'm sure they're going to go to heaven when they die. But I was in the restaurant one day eating with a friend, and I needed to put some ketchup on my fries. When I reached to get the ketchup bottle and moved it, the cockroach that was behind the ketchup bottle was the size of a puppy. I mean, this thing was like you could have put a saddle and rode this thing, right? It was unbelievable. And so for me, that was just, that was like the deal killer. I, I was just like messy place. And every time I drive by there, I think about the cockroach. Now, messy place, messy people. All of us know messy people, and all of us have the same reaction with a messy person. Think about this. Have you ever been holding a baby that's not yours, right, and it's real cute and you're holding it? What do you do when that baby throws up? What do you do? Uh, yeah, here you go. Hand it back to the mother, right? It's like, hey, listen, stuff's coming out. Here, this thing right here, right? Messy places, we try to avoid them. Messy people, we hand them back to mom, right? And that's just the way it is. Well, it's the same thing spiritually, but it's really hard to identify messy people spiritually because we've been taught in church world, pretend everything's okay. And we've been taught that in church world that this is a, um, a good place for good people when in actuality, the doors of these house, this house is only going to be open for messy, it's, it's not only going to be a messy place for messy people. We had somebody ask this week, what do you feel about Reformed theology, I'm going to need to know that before I visit your church. And I'm like, you're already asking the wrong question. Because if you're asking that question, you're going to hate this place because we are a messy place for messy people. You say, Peter, where do you, where do you get this out of Scripture? I'm glad you asked. Luke chapter 19, Luke writes a story or tells us a story that happened. And if you're in church world, if you, if you, if you have any experience in church world, you sang a song about it. You remember this? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Climbed up in a sycamore tree because the Lord he wanted to see. And when the Lord came passing dry, he looked him in the tree and he said, yeah, there you go. Like two people here are godly. Everybody else is messy. All right, so here we go. That's the, that's the story in the song. And this is what the Bible says. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, I want to stop real quick and just kind of, kind of, get into the impact of that particular verse. Jesus entered Jericho is a big deal because Jericho was a messy place. Jericho, when the Israelites came into the promised land in the Old Testament and they took over, they took over the nation, Jericho was the first city that was destroyed, that God, God said, that's the first city I want destroyed. Jericho was a cursed city. 
Uh, Joshua pronounced a curse on Jericho. The guy that rebuilt Jericho, actually, it cost him dearly to rebuild the city. Jericho was a cursed city. It was a messy place. Good things didn't happen in Jericho. It was kind of like the Las Vegas times 100 in, in the New Testament. So Jesus, right here we see him from the very beginning, Jesus walking into a messy place. But don't, don't miss this. Jesus wasn't scared of messy places. And then we see um, he was just passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And we'll get into the meaning of his name in a little while because it's kind of cool. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, I want to pause real quick and say that if you've been around or watching the broadcast for about the past year, we've talked about tax collectors, right? We talked about how tax collectors were a whole nother level of sinners. Like it was, they were some of the most despised people in that culture. You couldn't get any lower than a tax collector. So if you've got tax collectors and they're viewed like that, how does, how does society view a chief tax collector? In other words, if, if there's a train to hell, Zacchaeus is the engineer. If there's a plane to hell, he's the pilot. If there's a highway to hell, he's the lead singer. He's, Zacchaeus is an evil, evil, evil person. But what we see is Jesus walks into a messy place, and there's a guy there by the name of Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector and is wealthy. We see Jesus walking into a messy place full of messy people. That's what the church is supposed to be, a messy place for messy people. I was, I was reading a book several years ago. I said, oh, God, I think it came out in the 90s. It's by a man named Philip Yancey, and it's called What's So Amazing About Grace? And um, it's an unbelievable book on the grace of God. But in the book, in the book, Philip Yancey is talking about a conversation he had with a woman, and she had done some pretty horrible things. I won't go into like all the things that she had done, all the things that had happened. And he asked her, he said, hey, listen, at some point, did you not consider like going to church? And her response was, why would I go to church? I feel guilty enough as it is. And I started thinking, my gosh, that's what we've done with church culture pretty much in America is we've made it a museum for saints, not a hospital for sinners. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we are not a perfect place for perfect people. We're a messy place for messy people. And I know what some of you are saying. Perry, you say that all the time. Yeah, but I don't think I can say it enough. Because everybody says they want messy people to show up until they actually walk in the door. Oh, and by the way, the, the messy people that are welcome in this place are the people that you looked at when you looked in the mirror this morning because we're all messed up. We're all messed up. And that's what's so great about this place. You don't have to pretend. It's a messy place for messy people. By the way, do you know the only way the mess can get cleaned up is if you acknowledge it? If you deny it, it's never there. Anyway, anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Number two, because this will be a place where people can see Jesus. It's real simple. I have a heart for this house because this will be a place where people can see Jesus. I was thinking about um, years, several years ago, we went to Disney 
and they had, uh, it was around October, and they had this uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Parade. It's a, it's a Halloween parade or whatever. And I was, I, I went because I don't like scary things. So at first, I was like, I'm not going to go. But then the name of the parade is Mickey's Not-So-Scary. I like, when I say I don't like scary things, like when I go to Disney, I don't even like to ride the Haunted Mansion because it's, it's borderline just, it, uh-uh. But I'll do it every once in a while. I'll just take one for the team. So I was like, okay, we'll go to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Parade. And we kind of run in behind, and we got there. And the parade line is like four deep. And so I'm fine. I'm six foot six. I can see the parade. Everything's great. But Karis is about this tall at this time, and she can't see anything. And you don't, at Disney, I'm telling you, people are next level crazy at Disney. So you don't ask, can we get in front of you so my daughter can see, because they've been standing there for 14 hours just to get that parade site. And so the parade's going by, I'm standing there, and all of a sudden I just had this thought. I'll take Karis and I'll put her on my shoulders and she can see the parade. And I thought it was a great idea, but if you've ever put a kid on your shoulders, after about five minutes, you're like, hey, you good up there? You want to get down? She's like, no, sir. Ten minutes, 15 minutes. I mean, you're hurting. Your back's hurting. Everything's hurting. But at the end of the day, I had to be the one willing to endure the discomfort so my daughter could actually see the parade. And at the end of the day, I think what the church should do is be willing to endure whatever it takes just so people can get a look at Jesus. You say, Peter, where do you get that? It's very simple. It's the next verse. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Now, I want to stop real quick. I want to stop real quick. I want us to look at that sentence because I've never seen it before, and I've been reading this text for 20 or 30 years. The Bible doesn't say he wanted to change his life. He wanted to stop collecting taxes. He wanted to be a better person. He wanted to do the right thing. Doesn't say any of that. The Bible says all he wanted to do was see Jesus. He had heard about this man that that healed lepers, touched them. He had heard about this man that raised people from the dead. He had heard about this man that healed the blind. I mean, there was no social media at the time, but if there were, Jesus had more followers than anybody. I mean, Jesus was famous. And so Zacchaeus wanted to just, I, I just want to see him. I don't want to change anything about my life. I don't want to do anything different. All he wanted to do was get a glimpse of Jesus. So the Bible says he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Had, it, had an issue, right? And nobody was there going, come here, Zacchaeus, get on my shoulders, because everybody in the crowd hated him because he was a chief tax collector. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree, which is really interesting, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. I want this to be a place where people can see Jesus. That's why when, um, I'll go back to the question, when somebody asks about the type of theology we have, it doesn't matter because people that are obsessed with theological positions, people can't see Jesus in those. That's why I don't want people to walk in here and see where we stand politically. You know why? Because when you're looking at politics, 
You can't see Jesus. I don't want people walking here going, hey, what do we think about the gifts of the Spirit? Because when you're asking those questions, you know what I know? You're not interested most of the time in people seeing Jesus. At the end of the day, I want this to be a place where people can see Jesus. In the parking lot, because we have nice people there that will tell you where to park your car. We have greeters that will actually be excited to see you. We have ushers that will help you find a seat. We have people that are going to be excited about taking care of your babies and eventually your preschoolers and your children through everything we do, through the music, through the welcome, through everything. I just want this to be a place when people walk out. Listen, I don't care why you walked in. I don't care if you lost a bet. I don't care if somebody told you they'd go out with you, if you'll go to church with them. I have no, no, I, I do not care. But the one thing I do want is that when people walk in these doors, the thing that they see very clearly is the person of Jesus Christ because theology doesn't change people and politics doesn't change people and theological positions doesn't change people. Jesus changes people, and at the end of the day, that's who I want people to see, and that's going to be the main stage at Second Chance Church. People will see Jesus. That's why I have a heart for this house. Number three, this is really interesting, really interesting. Because this will be a place where people can take their next step. I'm excited because this will be a place where people can take their next step. Now, some of you have been really listening to this message. Some of you have been going, there's a piano on his stand. Why is that? Well, it's because I didn't know if you knew this or not, but I can play piano. I learned how when I was a kid, I took these piano lessons, and my piano teacher taught me that this is middle C. This is the first thing I learned. I probably need to turn it on. That's it, middle C. Middle C right there. And the first song I learned was called Birthday Party. Here we go up the road to a birthday party. Now, I don't learn birthday party unless I learn middle C. That was my first step. How hard is that? That was my first piano lesson. Go, Mama, Mama, what'd you learn? <laughs> we paid that much money? Mm-hmm. But the next week, it was like, but then the week after that, had to learn how to use my left hand. And eventually, I think my fourth grade recital piece was. So, you see what I'm saying? And then eventually, I was like. So, so it just kind of, thank you so much, Lisa, for clapping. Nobody else was going to clap for that. Look at my eyes. You will see. I'm not going to do Brian Adams today because the last time I did that illustration, people broke out cigarette lighters. And listen, second chance, no judgment. No judgment. Just I don't think you can smoke in here. Can you? I think, no, Anderson's non-smoking. Anyway, if I don't learn middle C, I don't learn how to play anything on the piano. 
I want this to be a place where when people take their next step spiritually, when people do this spiritually, instead of going, well, that's not very deep. Well, that's not awesome. No, no, that right there, we celebrate it because that right there will turn into... How long will it take? I have no idea, but that right there gets celebrated. It don't get made fun of. That right there gets celebrated. You say, Peter, where in the world do you get that in the Bible? Glad you asked. When Jesus reached the spot, remember Zacchaeus is up in a tree. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, I want to stop real quick and just point out both the simplicity and the complexity in these verses. Jesus reached the spot, looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, Jesus called him by his name. I'm not sure why I saw this for the first time, but I thought it was brilliant. Jesus knows our sin, but he calls us by our name. Satan knows our name, but he calls us by our sin. So anytime somebody's trying to identify you by what you did, that's not Christ-like at all. Jesus didn't stop and say, tax collector, sinner, like, you know, rebel. He didn't say any of that. He called him by his name. I love that. By the way, Zacchaeus, if you break it down in the Hebrew, is Zakai. Zakai is not guilty. So Jesus is actually looking at a man in a tree telling him he's not guilty, and the guy hasn't even asked for forgiveness yet. That's why grace really is amazing. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Notice this. It wasn't Zacchaeus, stop collecting taxes. Zacchaeus, you're going to have to start reading the Bible and praying and volunteering and serving and giving and, and doing everything and stop going to rated R movies and, uh, unless they're about Jesus um, and stop listening to certain kind of music. He didn't say anything about that. All he told Zacchaeus was, hey, get out of the tree. You know what that was? That was this for Zacchaeus. Just that first step. Now, for Zacchaeus, was this a scary first step? Yes or no? Yeah, because everybody in the crowd wanted to kill him. But was it doable, yes or no? Yeah. Get down out of the tree. When Jesus asked us to do our first step, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It might be scary, but will also be doable at the same time. Zacchaeus I want you to come down out of the tree. Why? I must rip you a new one? No. I must go off on you? No. I just, I just want to stay at your house. Zacchaeus, I just want to spend some time with you. That's all Jesus wanted. No lectures, just love. That's all he wanted. And this right here changed Zacchaeus's life. Because the Bible says, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, I don't know if y'all have met church people. Church people get mad 
when you hang out with non-church people. I don't know if you've seen this. Watch this. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. In other words, he didn't, he's hanging out. He didn't say anything about his sin. He didn't say anything about the tax collecting. He didn't say anything about what he's doing. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't try to correct him. Jesus just said, I want you to come down the tree so you and I can hang out. And when that happened, people got mad. And the reason why is very simple. For 2,000 years, Christians have been scared to death of guilt by association. But if, if, if that were the mentality of Jesus, he would have never hung out with anybody. Jesus was not scared of guilt by association. There's a, there's a really, really famous um, singer named uh, Lauren. I think her last name is Dangle. I think that's how you say it. And she, her music is just unbelievable. She said, she, there's a song that she's got out called, I think it's You Said, and it, that song just gives me chills every time I hear it. And it went to the top of the charts, and she became very popular, and all of a sudden, mainstream media started catching on. They started, and, all, and, and she got invited on the Ellen Show. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, everybody listen, if I ever get invited in, to the Ellen Show, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on the Ellen Show. If I, I know she's watching today. Um, if I ever get invited, I'm going. Now, this is what some people go, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, Barry, Barry, Barry. Ellen doesn't have the same conservative Christian values that we do. And if that's what you're saying, that's why you're not effective in reaching people far from God. Because you think people have to be like you to like you. And that's not the mentality. Lauren Dangle caught so much crap from the Christian community for going on to Ellen's show But the people she caught the crap from were the people that think if you don't look like us, talk like us, dance like us, sing like us, then you can't be like us. And that's not the mentality that Jesus had. Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to spend time with people. I don't care who they are. From the Pharisees to the tax collectors, Jesus sat at a table with all of them. You know why? Because they all needed him, and so do we. This will be a place where people can just take their next step. And if people get mad about taking their next step, (laughs) listen, I've done this church planning before thing. If people are like, I I just don't agree with that person coming here. Well, you know what? You probably don't need to come next week. God, so much freedom. Number four, because this will be a place where people are changed by Jesus. Now, All of us have experienced life-changing events. We graduate high school, go to college, life-changing event. Get our first job, life-changing event. Get married, life-changing event. Have a baby, oh, dear God, life-changing event. Get a puppy, I just got a puppy, life-changing event. My hand right now looks like I've got leprosy because my puppy chews on me at night. But, I mean, listen, pick your battles with your puppy, right? All of us have experienced things that have changed our life but I believe there's nothing or no one that has the potential to change people's lives other than Jesus. Why do I say this? It's because of what happened to Zacchaeus. Because remember, all Jesus asked Zacchaeus to do was come down out of the tree. 
I just want you to come down out of the tree. Why? I want to hang out. Now, we don't know how long they hung out. We don't know what they talked about. Luke doesn't include those details. But here's what we do know. Watch this. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, which you know he had, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, quick question. Did Jesus say anything to Zacchaeus in this passage about collecting taxes? Yes or no? No. But after spending time with Jesus, Zacchaeus moves from a taker to a giver. It wasn't Jesus' lecture that changed Zacchaeus. It was his love. People aren't changed through lectures. People are changed through love. Maybe that's why Jesus said, the world will know your mind by the way you actually love one another. Zacchaeus is changed. But let's go all the way back. What was Jesus' first request of Zacchaeus? Come down out of the tree. And all of a sudden, come down out of the tree turned into just because he hung out with Jesus. He went from a taker to a giver. His life was changed because of time he had spent with Jesus. And that's what I believe will happen in this place every single week. I don't know how much time it's going to take, but as people keep walking in the doors and people keep taking their next steps and people keep seeing Jesus, eventually we see people go from tax collectors to givers. We see people go from lost to found. We see people go from death to life. And I believe that will happen every single week if we just keep our focus on people seeing Jesus and taking their next step. We don't change people. Jesus changes people. What most people call discipleship today is nothing more than a modern-day form of control and manipulation. We're not going for compliance. We're going for change. And only Jesus can bring about the change in people's lives that people really do need. Last but not least, last but not least, the reason I'll have a heart for this house is because this will be a place that wants what Jesus wants. Now, I'm not sure if you know this or not, if, if you're watching um, from somewhere in the United States, maybe across the world, I'm not sure if you know this, but I feel like I need to talk about it. I feel like it's my spiritual responsibility. I know this is going to offend some people. I know this is going to hurt some people. I know this is going to bring up some ill feelings. But I feel like if I don't address this going into next week, that um, I, just don't, I just don't want you to show up and be shocked that I take this stance. Clemson won the national championship. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. And some of y'all are like, well, people in Alabama are going to get mad. <laughs> they don't have internet. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Clemson won the national championship. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that? Jeremy, did you know that? This Georgia fan didn't know. Y'all got close two years in a row. It's great. Um, Clemson won the national championship. Do you know what I know about Clemson fans? Clemson fans are weird. Now, I'm one, so I can say this. But Clemson fans, we're, 
we're, we're a weird bunch of people. Do you know that there are Clemson fans that are Republicans and Clemson fans that are Democrats? Can you believe that? Did you know that there are rich Clemson fans and did you know there are poor Clemson fans? Did you know there's gay Clemson fans and straight Clemson fans? There's married Clemson fans and divorced Clemson fans. There's vegan Clemson fans and carnivore Clemson fans. All kinds of Clemson fans, right? But for like three or four hours, all the Clemson fans put all their differences aside and came together under the banner of the Tiger Paul, under the leadership of Dabo, right? And we all wanted the same thing. We all cheered for the same thing. We all celebrated the same thing. My God, if we can do it for a football team, why can't we do it for Jesus? Why can't we take, listen, I'm not saying it's wrong to be Republican or Democrat. I'm not saying it's wrong to be a vegan. <laughs> Miss out on some great food. I'm not saying it's wrong to be a vegan. Or, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying, can we not take those differences and talk about them appreciate them, but at the end of the day, we're, we want what Jesus wants. You say, well, Perry, what does Jesus want? Well, it's, I love that because Jesus answers that question for us. Jesus said, verse 9, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Let me pause real quick. Let me pause real quick. Let me pause real quick. And say, I love that Jesus did this because have you ever been in a church and seeing somebody give their life to Christ. And there's a group of people celebrating, but there's always that person or that group of people going, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Got to give it time to see if they repent. Jesus just calls it out right here because as soon as Zacchaeus stood up and said, I'm going to give half my possessions to the poor, and I'm, gonna, I'm sure there are people going, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Jesus just calls it out and said, hey, I just want everybody to know this guy really got changed. This guy really got changed. And then, and then, and then, Jesus tells us what he wants. Jesus tells us what he wants. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Not put a shiny finish on people that think they're perfect. The Bible says, Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and and to save the lost. And if that's what Jesus wants, we need to be willing to take our differences and put them aside so we can rally around the cause of Christ. Let's reach as many people as possible with the gospel. That's what we're about. It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. We're going to be a church that wants what Jesus wants, and we will celebrate what Jesus celebrates, which is people giving their lives to Christ. For me, let me tell you why it's so real. It's because 
1990, a guy invited me to church, and finally, actually started in 88, after two years of this guy inviting me to, to a local church, I went. I got my life changed. I prayed. I received Christ. I worked in a church. I, and listen, I listen, I know there are people out there that are like, well, I've been hurt by the church, and I've got a bad story. Yeah, we all do. Everybody does. But at the end of the day, the church is still the bride of Christ. She's still God's plan to reach the world. And though she might not have gotten it right um, throughout the ages, I mean, we've, we've all screwed up. So we have no right to point our fingers when we've all messed up too. At the end of the day, she might not be perfect, but she's still God's plan. So a second chance, what we want to see is this be a messy place for messy people, a place where people can see Jesus, take their next step, be changed by him, and then eventually want what people want or want what Jesus wants. And that's for people to experience this over and more and more people over and over and over again. That's why I have a heart for this house. That's why I'm praying that you will have a heart for this house as well. Now, let me say this, and I'm going to say this to close. If you're showing up next week just to hear me preach, but you have no intention of plugging in, I want you to listen to me. I love you. Please just watch online because I don't need a fan club, and I'm not looking for one. I'm looking for a group of people that are committed to this right here because this right here will change the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Jesus, that you hung out with people that were nothing like you. And you changed their lives. Zacchaeus is just one example. Many of us, Jesus, have had this same experience where you changed our life. So, Jesus, I pray that right now you would place in us the desires of your heart. Maybe somebody needs to take their next step. It's uncomfortable, but it's doable. Maybe somebody needs to surrender their life to you right now. Jesus, I pray right now that as we're listening to your voice, that you would, just in the way that you do every week, let people know today's the day they need to give their life to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here and you're watching and you don't know Jesus, you've never met Jesus, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, let me tell you something. He will change you. And I don't care how messy you are or how messy you think you have been, Jesus will, he will completely change your life. But he's not going to force himself on you. You've got to ask him to come in. So if you've never asked Jesus into your life and you want to ask him into your life today, I want to invite you right now to ask Jesus in your life, just, just right where you sit, right where you are, whether you're in this room or you're in Life Spring or you're watching online, you just pray in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I confess that you are Lord. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave 
to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender everything. Teach me how to follow you the rest of my life the best I know how. In Jesus' name. Well, head still bowed and eyes still closed. If you're at LifeSpring and you just prayed to receive Christ, would you put your hand in the air? Could you just put it really high? If you're watching online at, on Facebook, if you'll do a hand raise emoji or at mysecondchancechurch.com, if you'll hit the hand raise button because we want to celebrate with you. Um, or if you want to send us an email letting us know you, you receive Christ, you can just email us at hello at perrynoble.com, hello at perrynoble.com. But put the hand up, you can put it right back down. Um, Jesus, thank you so much that you're so faithful and you change lives every week. We love you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Hey, listen, I'm super excited about next Sunday. Just in case you don't know, let me, let me help you. Two service times, two service times next Sunday, 9.15 and 11.15. Sunday, January 27th, 2019, two services, 9.15, 11.15. Now, the room sits about 320, 330 people, and we have to, we, listen, we have to adhere to fire code because while I love you, I'm not getting arrested for you. Okay, well, the Apostle Paul did. Well, I'm not Paul. I'm Perry, and I'm not going to jail for your butt. So, if, like, we can get the people. So, and, and listen, listen, I want, we're not saving seats. Jesus saves people. He does not save seats. Neither do we at Second Chance. So if you want to make sure that you're in, then you need to get here. Two services, 915 and 1115. And I, and I was serious. If you're just showing up to see me preach, you can do that online. My gosh, you can do it on YouTube. You can see funny ones and you can see ones where I'm a heretic and all that stuff. People took that time out because they have no life. But, but it, I'm looking for people that really do want to plug in and make a difference. And if 12 people show up, we'll have some fun. And if 1,200 people show up, we'll have to tell people to come back next week, all right? But this is, this is, the, this is it, next Sunday, January 27, 2019, two services, 9-15, 11-15. We do have a nursery for, for six weeks to two years. Other than that, you can bring your kid in with you, and if your kid starts freaking out, if you just kind of take them out, that'd be I mean, don't take them out, but, like, take them out of the auditorium. That'd be great, all right? And then last but not least, if you want to give to um, Second Chance, which... For those of you that have been giving, thank you so much. We actually had a little bit of a surprise this week, a financial surprise, wasn't, but it wasn't too big of a deal because you give financially every week. We were able to kind of do it, and we didn't have to shut anything down or freak. You know, we didn't have to fi fire anybody. We won't have that many people on staff anyway. Um, but mysecondchancechurch.com is where you can give, and the give button's in the upper right-hand corner, or you can mail a check or, or a money order, to Second Chance Church, 210 South Main Street, Anderson, South Carolina, 29624. That's not the address where we're having church. This is the offices. Um, in fact, I didn't have this slide put up, but it's 140 Commons Parkway. Isn't that the address of this place? Isn't that where we're going? Yeah, 140 Commons Parkway, behind the Verizon store off of Clemson Boulevard in front of Lowe's and Target. That's where we're going to be meeting next week, 915 11.15, we love you guys. See you then. The best is yet to come.